The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys. Uh, we are going to do an episode today on dogs and Halloween because it is that time of year and we'd like to give you some tips for Halloween along with the quirky tip of the day. Thanks, Jess. Did you notice anything about our pig, guys? We switched them out. That's a pumpkin pig. <laughs> That's the great pumpkin pig. All right. Tell them I like him there. Okay. All right. Here we go. You all set there? Yeah. Okay, good. Quirky tip of the day. If you got a crazy dog at home, you want to incorporate a drag line. Take an old leash, cut the handle off, six-foot leash, let them drag this around, especially if you have a newer dog in the house. That way you can, uh, if they're running up to the front door barking or going to a window and barking at people, you can just pick up that leash and move them away. If you're training and you're using a, you want to get your dog to an off-leash situation, you'd start with that six-foot leash, and then you'd slowly start cutting, like every couple of weeks, cut a foot of leash off of it, so that you get down to a, you know, a two-foot leash, and uh, eventually you get down to just a little, you know, four-inch tab on their neck that if you need to uh, get a handle on them real quick, you have something you can grab onto. Yeah, and this is going to tie in with some of our tips um, to help your dogs with that Halloween holiday coming up also. However, first and foremost, and most importantly, our course of How to Calm Your Canine closes today. So this is a 30-day challenge. Already? I know. Jeez. So it's a 30-day challenge. Um, Scott and I are going to be going through each individual exercise within the course, which is hosted on Teachable, which we're really proud of, and it turned out really well. And we're narrating with different dogs of different breeds, um, some pet dogs, some dogs with no training, some dogs with a little bit of training, but it's not just our dogs doing all these things and being like, oh, look, our dogs are superstars. Try it at home with your dogs. It has a private Facebook group. In addition to being enrolled in the course, you're going to have access to this private Facebook group and you're going to be able to post videos of your dog and you doing these exercises. You're going to get feedback from other group members and from us. We're going to be doing Facebook lives. We're super excited about the whole thing. We really hope that you join us. Um, it ends today with enrollment, but that also means the challenge itself begins today. Now, beginning today, uh, we're kind of at the tail end of that 30-day challenge heading into Thanksgiving. So we're actually going to give you guys three months of access to the Facebook group and to the course to make sure you're able to get everything done just in case you can't pack it all into the 30 days. But the types of stuff that we have in here, it's not your traditional dog training, and it doesn't take a lot of time or a lot of effort, but it should make a <clears> huge <throat> improvement in your life and your life with your dog. Yeah, uh, it's a lot more management techniques that we'll be going over, which brings me back real quick to this tip of the day with your long line. Uh, Halloween evening is a very busy time if you live in a neighborhood where you get a lot of trick-or-treaters. And that's a situation where if you have a dog that tends to be reactive to the doorbell and knocking on the door and activity outside, your dog could be running and barking quite a bit. And uh, if you haven't been proactive in setting something up for your dog, at the very least, if they have a drag line on them, you can go pick up that line before you open the door and your dog goes running out there biting some little kid or doing something foolish. Yeah. And... Um when Scott says be proactive, if you have territorial aggression, which is barking when someone comes to the house, the car, 
Doorbells. You know, that type of thing. Um, Noise diffusion is our A number one go-to. So, you know, there was a study out there that classical music or reggae music is most pleasing and calming to dogs or whatever. We have an iPad with Bob Marley blaring at home um, in the room with one of Scott's dogs. Uh, We have these little music boxes that we got on Amazon that you can kind of place. They don't have to be plugged in. You can just leave the TV on. If you're going to put the TV on, though, I would recommend you use... um, like a music station rather than an actual channel. Because a lot of people think, oh, well, my dog will love to watch Animal Planet in the bedroom, and then they're napping, and then a dog barks on Animal Planet, and now they're up and they're barking and everything else. So just be a little bit mindful of that. But noise diffusion is a great way to kind of head off that aggression and maybe help the dog from hearing all of the trick-or-treaters and the knocking of the door and the doorbell and everything else. Another thing we like to use are the diffusers. Yes, uh, the oil. We use like a lavender oil, that type of thing, and we'll put it in a little diffuser to supposedly it calms the dog down a little bit. We're just trying to, you know, use every possible angle we can to keep that dog in a calmer state when there's a lot of activity around that. You know, we had a, a plumber come the other night and we had our dogs in different bedrooms with uh, little radios on these, you know, call them noise diffusers if you want, so that they don't hear what's going on downstairs. But also with the uh, diffuser with the lavender oil, and the guy never even knew we had a dog. I mean, it was it was really pleasant. It was just quiet, and our dogs are reactive. I mean, they're they're very drivey dogs. They're territorial, and they were all calm. So it was uh, it worked out really well. Yeah, and um, a good thing to do is use those full time. So if your dog's in a room normally and chilling. If it just is a continuum into the evening rather than, oh, my dog might be nervous, I'm going to run and get my diffuser out. If that's just kind of their natural state of being calm and being in solitude, that's a good place to be. Another thing um, that we would suggest is crating your dog. So we're super into crates. We love them as management tools. Like Scott said, they uh, were our dogs were crated when the plumber came the other night. If you're not into crating, um, you can use a separate room. That's yeah. another good way to go about things. I just want to say real quick uh, to conclude with the diffusers. You can spend a lot of money on some real cool-looking diffuser, but we bought a half a dozen of these plug-ins in the wall where you take the, you unscrew the top of it, you put a few drops of lavender oil in there, screw it back on, plug it in the wall, and it'll last for a few days just like that. And we have one in, in all the dog rooms just as a default. Um, no, what were you saying about the crates? Or no, well, putting them people, in a room. So yeah. you could put, if your dog doesn't, uh, if you've not crate trained your dog, they're not comfortable in a crate, or, or you're not comfortable. Or if you don't have a crate and Halloween's you tomorrow. Them. I mean, yeah. come on. Put them in a bedroom or a spare room and uh, turn the music on for them and give them some toys to play with and just, but do it before you need it. That's the real key. Most people will try to do this stuff when they need it, when the dog's already barking. If you take a stimulated dog and stick them in a back bedroom, they're going to be barking back there because they know something's going on and they're, they feel like they're missing out or whatever the reason is. I don't know why they would do it, but they will be barking if they're already stimulated and this is not going to work for you. Yeah. So you want to be proactive in setting that up. Another good thing is a visual barrier. So some people are really thoughtful about like, okay, I'm just going to sit by the window and I'm going to open the door before the doorbell rings and I'm going to give the candy. Well, if Which is dog, a good idea. Yeah. And if, but if your dog can still see the trick-or-treaters, they're still going to be blowing up and reactive and everything else. So a visual barrier is something to consider. Uh, you can give your dog a chew if they're in a crate or a bedroom or somewhere else. You can give them something to chew on to kind of pacify them, a Kong filled with something or a marrow bone or something like that. Be conscious of that. Um, and then really at the end of the day, 
think of, okay, how can I make sure that I'm going to have a quiet house during trick-or-treaters? And if that answer is I need to put my dog in a crate in the car that's in the garage with, you know, a music box in there, then do that. Set your dog up for success because the barking leads to rushing the door and we don't want you to have problems here on Halloween. Um, another thing you were reading that insurance thing and they were talking about keeping the dogs inside for the whole night, uh, because of people walking by and fences and stuff. Well, there's just a lot of very unnatural things going on. You have kids running around crazy, dressed up like goblins and all this kind of stuff with, uh, adults that are also dressed up funny. So everything about that is unnatural and, uh, it can get dogs a little fearful and they can get reactive. And, uh, I was reading about this on a website from an insurance company that does personal injury because they don't want to be paying for these lawsuits where dogs are biting kids, you know, and that's when these things happen. And quite often, um, the dogs that are the most social are the ones that wind up biting. It's not the dogs that have this territorial aggression we're talking about. If you have a dog that you know is going to be growling at kids, growling at people, you're not going to open the door and let that dog out because you're going to be nervous about it. The dogs that tend to wind up biting is the happy lab that everybody has, that all the kids love, the dog loves everybody, and it just gets overstimulated, and no one is reading the cues, the signals that this dog is getting stressed out. So on Halloween evening, if you live in a neighborhood where you're going to get a lot of foot traffic, you're going to get a lot of trick-or-treaters coming, uh, you may not want to let that overly social dog get hugged and groped and tugged at by a bunch of little kids all night long, because it's gonna, it could get to a point where the only way it can communicate to these kids to, hey, give me a break, is to snap at them. And that's not what you want. Yeah. And like Scott said, even if your dog loves kids, they look different. Costumes are scary. Yeah. There's a lot of things uh, about it. You know, different. if you've ever, if your dog's ever seen a mascot before, they can freak out like, oh my gosh, there's a person in a big costume. What's going on? It's different for the dogs. And if the dogs are outside in a yard and there's trick-or-treaters going by, of course you think, oh, well, you know, I want to make sure the gate's closed. I don't want trick-or-treaters to let them out of the yard. But also, those trick-or-treaters could just go right up and greet the dog and be sticking their fingers through the fence looking like, you know, a fire hydrant or whatever the costume is. So be conscious of those things. We don't want you to have an issue with your dog. And it's these times when kids are out and parents aren't really paying attention. And, and the you kids know, are little monsters yeah, to begin with. I mean, the, and everybody's on a sugar high that, you know, things can get a little bit looser. So be really conscious of this. Halloween is not just a problem for black cats. It can be an issue for dogs also and we want to set you guys up for success well, that was kind of a cute little time well oh, thank you thank you so um one thing we did want to mention this is a little bit of a horror story but when you open the door up for that horror story was a good tie-in too i really <laughs> am all about them right now it's like um, a triple double feature <laughs> uh when you open the door so the little trick-or-treaters are there knock 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 trick-or-treat i guess is what we used to say uh, when you open that door, you do not know what is on the other side be, of the it door. It could be a bag of burning dog poop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's best case scenario compared to this story. Well, no, I had a lady call me uh, the day after Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Halloween. All, uh, yeah, Halloween, all stressed out because her dog, and I think it was in Newfoundland, uh, she opened the door, the kids came, and this dog was a, a dog, it was a rescue that she had trained to be a therapy dog. So she had been through extensive training with this dog. But... She knew when she got the dog, the dog had dog aggression, but she had done so much work with the dog and had done a lot of therapy dog stuff with the dog that she felt comfortable. Well, these kids came to the front door, knocked on the door, and she opened the door with her dog, which she had done, you know, all night long with no problem. But this time there was a little girl dressed up like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, 
and the dog had this little, what's the breed they have? Little Toto. Yorkie. Yeah, little, little like Toto. a Yorkshire Terrier. And this Newfoundland went right out, grabbed the Yorkie, and killed it. Shook it and killed it right in front of the kids. And it was, you know, extremely traumatic for everybody involved. It was very stressful. She's telling me this story. And she's telling me how she wants to maintain this therapy dog license. And she's so concerned about that. And I was just thinking, where is your head at? You know, I mean, this is such a, a tragic thing that happened. She knew the dog had dog aggression. So if you have a dog that maybe is not great with other dogs, you don't know when these kids come, they may have a, a little dog with them. They may have a dog off leash. They may have a dog that when you open your house, their dog may run right in all through your kitchen and through your bedrooms because people, they just don't always think, you know? I mean, especially kids, they run around with dogs, they drop the leash, the dog runs around. So just kind of take a peek out the window before you open that door. And if you have a dog that has any kind of reactivity, don't meet the kids at the door with your dog. Put your dog in a room and put on the music and let them, you know, just relax in the back of the house. Yeah. And furthermore, control your dog. You can keep your dog away from the door. There are baby gates that are sold. If you don't care about the barking, fine. There's still that safety issue. And if you have a spouse or you have a girlfriend or something over for the night, they can hold the leash. You can have your dog on a leash and they can be holding the leash or they can be stepping on the leash. There are ways to prevent these you things. You have a, a beer in one hand, the leash in the other. You're all set. <laughs> and in that lady's defense, she wasn't bringing that therapy dog to a dog park. I mean, she didn't know what was going to be happening, but you just don't know. So you kind of always want to be thinking, okay, what if, you know, shit hits the fan here for the lack of a better term? Now you've just, Do I have a plan? This whole podcast now is going to be R-rated. <laughs> but I, you did that. You know, the other thing about that is one. your dog could be great. And the other kid brings a dog that isn't good with dogs. And they weren't expecting a dog to come to that door. And all of a sudden the dog that came to your front doorstep attacks your dog. I mean, these kind of things happen, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, we're better be safe than sorry. That's and we all. hear about it because people call us after there's problems right. and if they have problem dogs. But I mean, that story actually happened. Like we've heard some horrific stuff. So we want to give you guys some public service announcements to try to ward those types of situations off in your own lives. Uh, after we come back from break, we're going to talk about dressing up dogs and what they can eat and what they can't eat. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. So a lot of you guys like to dress your dogs up and um, that's fine. If you want to dress your dogs up, that's totally your own prerogative. We get it. I wore my little St. John flower to be festive for Halloween. And I'm Scott's, looking for a Viking costume yeah. for my dog. <laughs> Scott's got his white tee on for his costume. But um, frankly, one thing that we really want you to consider, and this might sound a little petty, but is your dog's breathing. Like a lot of these costumes look super cute. But if you put something on your dog and it's covering their head the whole night, like be conscious of that, especially if you have a dog with a flat face. Be conscious that they have good ventilation because the costumes aren't necessarily made for that. The costumes are made to get you to buy them and to get your dog to look cute and everything else. The main thing is the dog looks good on Facebook and Instagram, I, uh, okay? I know. Don't worry about the breathing. 
And I said, that was my one of my points I made. If they look pathetic, it doesn't even make a good Instagram post. If they're all shut down and sad to be dressed up like a hot dog, then that doesn't even make a good Instagram post. So one thing, um, and this is more a just thing again, but their legs can also get caught in these costumes. So be conscious if they're walking around, especially if you're out trick-or-treating with them, make sure that they're moving okay in them. I put these back on track coats on our dogs. They're like magnetic coats and they're supposed to help them well, every now and then they come out of the crate and their leg was like stuck. And I'm thinking, well, I'm probably doing more harm than, you know, therapeutic you good. Leave it, you leave it on unsupervised? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you know, we always do. Yeah. And for the most part, it's not a big deal. But be conscious that your dog's movement, their gait isn't restricted and everything else when they're wearing um, these costumes. And if it's causing them stress, they don't have to freaking wear it, you know. And Scott made the point that um, don't let them destroy it. Don't let them start tearing pieces off of it and little buttons and everything else. These aren't, you know dog proof costumes. If you put a costume on your dog, be mindful of all of these little things. And it is Halloween's tomorrow. And I'm sure you want to be putting the costume on tomorrow, but best case scenario, you know, put the little headpiece on and then give them dinner tonight. Introduce it slow, make them feel good about the process. Because again, if a dog is super sulky and looks like it just came back from the vet with vaccines and it's costume, that doesn't really make a good and picture. Probably the anyway. average dog isn't as weak as our dogs. You know, they're probably, they're all bulletproof <laughs> out there. My dogs take good pictures. It's your dog. He needs some extra stimulation. That's true. Jimmy That's true. is super cute until you pull oh, out a camera. I was thinking about Jimmy. I was thinking about Cousteau. And then he's camera shy. None of your dogs take photos. It takes six months to get a costume on him. Oh, well, I'm thinking about ears. <laughs> all I care about is when I take a picture of the dogs, the ears are up and they're looking happy. Okay. So obviously dogs um, can eat pumpkins and dogs like pumpkins and that's all fine and good. Pumpkins are super good for GI, by the way. That's your second quirky tip of the day. Let's it's a pumpkins. good thing to keep in mind. Um, however, if the dog does like pumpkins, we give our dogs pumpkins a lot, cook them up and everything else. If you're carving pumpkins and the pumpkins are out, be conscious of that because a lot of times you're putting preservatives on these pumpkins, now paint something else. You don't want the dogs to eat that. And furthermore, if you have a candle inside the freaking pumpkin, be thoughtful of that. Yeah, they so might, yes, They might lift their leg on it. You know. <laughs> Take the light out. That would be best case scenario. But be conscious of that. So <clears throat> dogs like pumpkins. Pumpkins, of course, are edible. There's no big danger there. But be thoughtful of what you're giving your dog access to because everything is a little bit different around the holidays. And, you know, Christmas comes and everybody's like, oh, poinsettias are poisonous. Be careful of your dog's. Nobody ever talks about the pumpkin situation. Yeah, I don't think the pumpkin is that big a deal, personally. <laughs> but the candy is well, something brought, you ought to be thinking about. We brought the pumpkin, so I just wanted yeah. to do a pumpkin tie-in. Yeah. If your dog is lifting his leg in the house, throw the pumpkin at him. That's, what you use it for. <laughs> That's not what we advise people to do. We should have brought candy. I brought pumpkins. Okay, you talk about the candy. Then. Well, I think it's pretty widely known that dogs are not supposed to be eating chocolate, especially dark chocolate. And I don't know how much real chocolate is in, it, in any of these candies these days, but certainly there's a ton of sugar in it. So... When your kids get home, if you have kids and dogs, they get home, they're going to have a, you know, a suitcase full of candy or a pillowcase or something like that. They're going to dump it on the floor. You don't want the dog getting into that stuff, chewing it all up, eating candy with the wrappers and all that stuff. And I mean, I, I've heard of many, many situations of dogs eating a bunch of Hershey Kisses and then having to have their stomach pumped and they're pooping tinfoil for three weeks and all that kind of stuff. But it is a serious thing. You don't want your dog to wind up having to go to the vet over a chocolate poisoning or... Worse, you don't even know what they ate. They ate all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and be careful about the kids giving the dog, uh, sharing their treats with the dog. Because they really, it's not dog food. And uh, it's just not healthy for them, just like it's not healthy for us. But keep in mind, they're much smaller. So if you give a kid two or three, her or a dog, two or three Hershey bars, 
could be a big problem for them, you know? Yeah, and also have some rules with your kid's candy because they may not even intentionally be unwrapping something and wanting to give the dog a piece of what they got, but the dog just may get into the candy. So be conscious of where your candy bowl is and how your kids are storing their candy and everything else. And some of you may have kids and you want to bring the dogs with for trick-or-treating, and that's fine and good. Dress them up if you want, you know, bring them out, everything else. But again, be conscious that they can ingest many things. So... When there's Halloween decorations out, to me, it's very different than Christmas decorations. Christmas decorations are normally big blow-up things and everything else. Halloween, they have all these webs and small stuff and eyeballs and everything else. So be conscious as you're walking past these houses that kind of go a little overboard that your dog isn't, you know, thinking something might be a treat and ingesting something on the walk and everything else. And then... Well, you know, another thing along that line is that when kids used to come to my house, when I lived in California, I'd wait in the bushes right outside my house. <laughs> and when they'd get up to the door, I'd jump out of the bushes and scream at them. And of course, their parents would get really pissed at me. Yep. But I thought it was really mm-hmm. funny. But a dog could nail you. You know, <laughs> if, you, if your dog's walking up to someone's house and some guy jumps out of the bushes, the dog might wind up biting him. So you want to just be conscious of those kind of yeah, things. See, everyone doesn't do that type of thing. I, I had a great house. Nobody came the next year. (laughs) Exactly. And then uh, if you do take the dogs out trick-or-treating, don't overdo it. So, you know, if you're going to go trick-or-treating with the kids for five, six, you know, seven miles, whatever the heck kids do now, I don't know. Don't expect the dog to go that far, you know, plan. Okay. After mile one, I'm going to go home or, you know, my husband's going to come pick the dog up and then we'll continue on our merry way. And most importantly, you guys bring a poop bag. Oh my gosh. We were doing a little bit of research about trick-or-treating with dogs and that's a big one. Everybody's out on Halloween. Everybody's wearing their costumes. Bring a poop bag. If your dog has an accident, clean up after your dog. All right, hon, what is the most important part of the podcast today? Um, the course my- closes today. I was going to say you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. That's very sweet. Not only me, but the course closes today. So really be conscious if you want to get into how to calm your canine today is your last day to sign up. Next week, we're going to do the top five ways to ruin a puppy, another uplifting topic. And if you need to reach us uh, or have any questions or need any feedback, studio at thequirkydog.com. Keep it quirky. Ew. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.